You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical. Let's do it. But we should do it carefully, my dear. Why is that? (laughs) Oh, no. Because your voice is shot. (laughs) Yeah. So I have a, excuse me, I I have a bit of a cold. This is the strongest my voice has actually been in a week. Um, And it's still pretty squeaky. So I'm just going to be... Creaking and squeaking. Creaking and squeaking. Through this episode. All night long. So I'll try to do as much talking as possible, but let's be straight. I've never read the Bible before. That's part (laughs) of the conceit of the show. So, you know, I'll try to like, I'll try to bear my weight uh, and yours too, I guess. That's so chivalrous of you. Thank you. But I am will, I am just planning to just fucking blow my voice out again. (laughs) Don't do that. You need it. How will you communicate with your correspondence? You're my only correspondent, baby. <laughs> that's sweet. Now okay. that's sweet. So um, I'm an ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian. I'm now an atheist. And I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. Also, this podcast is not a Christian Bible study podcast. Nor is it appropriate for children. And it sometimes contains material that is objectionable to everyone, adults included. Mm-hmm. So just... Uh, Listen with caution. I think this one's not so bad, right? No, this one's squeaky fucking clean, that's, baby. That's not true, but it's it's at least less horrifying than say Hosea. Mm-hmm. Is it is it creaking creaking? Cl- What's less than squeaky clean? So if something is clean but it doesn't squeak, how clean is that? Uh, hmm, like that's that sliding sliding clean. <laughs> it's like uh. uh Trilling clean, mewling clean. Mewling clean. Mm-hmm. Like a cat. Yep. More on cats later. Um, <laughs> so today we're covering a very special book. And it's special because it's, it's the one special that we're at all. covering today. It's practically the least special <laughs> book that we've come across. That's true. It's the book of Amos. The book of Amos. A-M-O-S. It's another one of these 12 minor prophets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so-called because the books are short, not because the prophets are not important or under 18 although i would say that they are not important and i hate them (laughs) (laughs) i would agree on both counts um so far there are a bunch left to go though we don't want to judge all the prophets (laughs) that's true that's true we don't want to paint them with the same brush we're only on like three or four out of 12 yeah something like that three out of four (laughs) three or four out of 12 minor prophets yeah (laughs) that would be a adequate rating for this book okay so uh one of the weird things about this book is that we're jumping back in time for no apparent reason. That's right. Um, I don't know who the fuck, why did they put them in this order? Why did they put them all out of order? I don't know. I still don't know. You asked me that several episodes ago. I've put out some feelers. <laughs> I talked to my contacts around the world and I tell you, I did not get a straight answer. So, so I still don't know. This is the, actually the the first minor prophet, actually the first prophet. Yes. Um, chronologically speaking, when it was written, I mm-hmm. don't, I don't claim to have any idea. But in terms of the the events that it's portraying, it's the first chronologically. So we're going back to like Kings and Chronicles times, mm-hmm. before any Babylonian exile, before even the Assyrian exile. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got those Israelites worshiping idols. They're sinning. Yeah, the king is Jeroboam. God's not happy about it. Mm-hmm. And Amos. The character, Amos, is supposed to be a farmer from the southern country 
of Judah. From a town called Tekoa. From a town called Tekoa. But he decides to go up north to prophesy doom. To make his prophecy... uh, Name. Career. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's trying to get his prophecies to go viral. Uh He figures the best place to do it is in the northern kingdom of Israel. Because if you'll recall, they're like even more wicked up there. That's right. They're like so in love with idols, like Mm -hmm. all day, every day. And the premise is weird because it's kind of like, oh, I'm just a simple country lawyer, you know, like (laughs) he's supposed to be like country chicken. He's not a farm. He's not a, excuse me. He's not a prophet. Right. He's just a farmer. He's not a member of the Guild of Prophecies. Yeah. Um, but he's he's given these prophecies anyway. However, like, you can tell from reading it that he obviously is very educated. He has a great command of rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Um, he's and, had all the advantages in life. Yeah. So he's, like, clearly not just a simple country farmer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or as my Bible's scholarly notes phrase it. His skill with words and the strikingly broad range of general knowledge of history and the world preclude his being an ignorant peasant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty harsh on 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 plain spoken farmers. Yep. Ignorant, ignorant peasants. Ignorant peasants. That's according to my Bible scholarly notes written sometime in probably like the 1990s. <laughs> that's kind of those are those are my fast facts. Yeah, I guess. There's, that's all there is to say about it. Those are my creaky squeaky facts. The book begins, as so many others do, and by that I mean no others, because it starts with the words of Amos, who was among the shepherds of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of King Uzziah of Judah and in the days of King Jeroboam, son of Joash of Jerusalem, Joash of Israel, sorry, two years before the earthquake. Now, this earthquake that it mentions at the beginning is a historically verifiable earthquake. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. I would not have suspected that. In fact... People in this very Bible. Yes, the one you have there. The, the same Bible. The Zondervan NIV study Bible? <laughs> That's right. Right about this same earthquake hundreds of years later. Really? Mm-hmm. Which, which one's right about it? I don't remember. Oh, you know, Bible man. <laughs> Bible boy. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Bible. <laughs> all, all your favorites. Salamandra K. Bible. Um, but the rest of it is pretty... Uh, Pretty standard. So we've oh, got it's standard and a half. <laughs> we've got uh, some prophecies about God, and he's going to. Um, <laughs> They're always talking about this God fellow. He's going to destroy some people. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter one is mainly about him destroying Israel's enemies. That's right, Damascus and Gaza and so forth. And all of the descriptions of these people being destroyed are formulated in the same way. It says for three transgressions of the blank. And for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they have blank. Yeah. So, so that's for, like... ex- for example, for three transgressions of the Ammonites, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they have ripped open pregnant women in Gilead in order to enlarge their territory. <sighs> There's God. Pregnant women again. I chose that as an example, but saying it out loud, because they have ripped open pregnant women in Gilead in order to enlarge their territory makes it really sound like they're like moving into the pregnant women and like claiming it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> Christ. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> um, that's, I mean, what else are we going to say about it? That's, it is what it is. It is what it is. Why the three transgressions and then four, do you know? That's just like a, a Hebrew poetry convention. Mm. And it's just kind of like saying, like, three, nay, four transgressions. Ah. You know, it's just kind of like um, repeating it for emphasis. I mean, it is. It does repeat it for emphasis. Yeah. But then it gets to, it's like, it's trying to trip you. It's trying to be like, hey, I'm just talking about how God is great and going to destroy our enemies. But but guess what? For three transgressions of Israel <gasps> and for four, I will not revoke the punishment. Oh, no, that's us. Because they sell the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. Yes. So it, does that mean, is he calling the people of Israel unsandaled? Oh, my God. That's a very harsh burn. Are they an unsandled people? Baby? That means like one of them didn't marry the cousin that they were supposed to marry. They failed in their duty as a yeah. kinsman redeemer. Yeah. Shame upon the family. Agreed. And they should be known forever as the unsandled. Um, here's some other things that Israel has done wrong. They trample on the heads of the poor. Oh, no. They need those. I know. 
So how do you even, it would be difficult. Unless you're like running it across the top of a crowd like you're in a Hong Kong wire foo movie. <laughs> in which case, as long as you're doing it because you're a super cop that needs to hunt down, you know, some sort of mob boss, I guess it's not justified. I'm, I'm, I'm still not into it. Okay. I still think that uh, even Kung Fu super cops should be punished by God for trampling on the heads of the poor. Even Kung Fu super cops. Uh, father and son use the same girl. Yeah. That one's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they lie down beside every altar on garments taken in pledge. What? It's horrifying, I know. <laughs> Hard to imagine something worse, it but is. it's it's right here in black and white. Uh, they also drink wine taken as fines. Uh, what? And they made the Nazarites drink wine and commanded the prophets not to prophesy. Hmm. Now remember, this is like uh, when you make prophecy illegal, only criminals be prophets. <laughs> who who profits the prophets? <laughs> Those are spelled differently. I I get you. Yeah, it was like a really. Yeah. Clever, like anti-capitalist pun. Yeah, the almighty dollar. It was like yeah, Banksy. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like inhabited by the spirit of Banksy for a second there. Um, remember, the Nazarites are the the class of people that Samson belonged to, and so it's like cutting his hair was like broke his Nazarite vows. So that's like making drink, making him drink wine would have had the same effect. Those are basically like the ancient Jewish kung fu super cops. That's true, and um, they still deserve to be punished. Apparently. Uh, in chapter three, Amos begins to get a little sassy. He asks a series of rhetorical questions that it's sort of hard to understand what, like, (laughs) what the point he's making is, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like, he just like gets to know, he's like, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? Uh, no. I mean... I guess not. Of course not. Does a lion roar in the thicket when he has no prey? Why would a lion roar if, first of all, male lions don't hunt? Yeah. And they don't. Lady lions hunt. Like roaring isn't part of hunting. It's like. In fact, it'd be very stupid if they were hunting. Yeah. Then everyone would know because it's really loud. (laughs) You can hear it for like miles. They're big cats. They're scary. Does a bird fall into a trap on the ground where no snare has been set? Uh. I don't really know what that means, but I know he wants me to answer no, so I'm going to be kind I'm of... I'm going to say no. I'm kind of a little B and say, sometimes. <laughs> um, I think you'll find it's Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> so, like, the last one in, in the series is like, like, therefore, God does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. So, like, if... <laughs> If a lion roars in the thicket when he has no prey, that would be as ridiculous as God not revealing his plan to prophets. Right. Of course. Because as a shepherd saves from the lion's mouth only two leg bones or a piece of an ear. So shall the people of Israel who live in Samaria be rescued with the corner of a couch and a part of a bed. What? Mine doesn't have anything about a couch or a bed. (laughs) Mine just has two leg bones and a piece of an ear. As the shepherd rescues from the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the people of Israel who live in Samaria be rescued with the corner of a couch and a part of a bed. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I'm, I mean, so I guess the shepherd the... didn't doesn't isn't actually rescuing anything from the from the mouth of the lion. I mean, right. the damage is already done. Right, I get that part. So, and, and also, it's kind of like goes back to the the metaphor of like the remnant. Mm, mm-hmm. Although I guess that hasn't been written yet. So whatever, never mind. <laughs> I mean. But the stuff that's written later, and also this was edited later, obviously. Oh, that's true, too. And probably added on, and yeah. But I guess, like, of all... So the body of the people of Israel, when it's torn apart, so that a living thing might yield only two legs or a piece of an ear, the body of the people of Israel shall yield only a corner of a couch and a part of a bed. Sounds more like they got into the storage unit rather than the... Or it sounds like... Like a like a bunch of your friends are like traveling through town, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're like playing in a band or whatever, and you gotta like you gotta give them a place to sleep, even though like you don't really have like the room for it. Uh, so they, then they'll get a corner of a couch or a part. Yeah, of Yeah, they all just kind of kind of gotta snuggle up on a couch corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, it was weird, but I don't know why. <laughs> chapter four. Uh, with the timeless line, I gave you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and lack of bread in all your places, yet you did not return to me. Oh, I was um, going to actually point out, uh, hear this word, you cows of Bashan on Mount Samaria, <laughs> you women who oppress the poor and crush the needy, and say to your husbands, bring us some drinks. Those two things are the same, right? Like oppressing the poor, bring us some drinks. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cows, the lot of them. Yep. Up on their high places. But what is, it seems like cleanness of teeth is a bad thing. You mean the way it's being presented? Yes. I gave you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and lack of bread in all your places, yet you did not return to me. Hmm. Maybe that just means like there's no food to eat. Oh, that is the quickest way to clean in your teeth is just to cut that food business out. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Although that doesn't actually work because like, you know, your mouth is full of bacteria. What? You know, there's like a little microbiome. What? In your mouth. And like eating actually stimulates, you know, saliva production. Oh. You start killing off those bacteria. Wait, what? So it actually can like help clean your mouth to eat. Oh, I'm disgusted and intrigued. But... The Bible also thinks that locusts have four legs. So mm-hmm. Only knows? the tasty ones. <laughs> so the prophecies continue. It's just more of the same stuff. <laughs> it's just, the prophecies continue. We could just like, <laughs> we should just make one of those YouTube videos where it's like an hour long, you know, and it's just, and it's just you going, the prophecies continue. And that's for the rest of these 12 minor prophets. Well, we don't know. Again, don't paint them with that brush. All right, fine. I'll paint them with a roller instead. Uh, chapter five mentions the Put that day brush of... down. What? Put the brush down. I see you with the brush in your hand. Shh. Shh. <laughs> Quiet. Who told you where the brush was? This is not a brush. This is a glass of wine. <laughs> chapter five mentions the day of the Lord. This is... Oh, yeah. That's um, God Day, right? Yeah, it's God Day. You're like, thank God it's God Day? Yeah. T-G-I-G? Mm-hmm. Day of the Lord. And this is actually chronologically the first use of that phrase. Oh, okay. Um, which obviously we've already seen it multiple times because the Bible is out of order for no goddamn apparent reason. Um, that it means, you know, like the apocalypse, like judgment oh, day. Oh, it means the apocalypse. <laughs> I, know. I know. I honestly oh. did. I honestly took took a couple of tries through this when I was like, I really don't understand what you're getting at. For example, is not the day of the Lord darkness, not light and gloom with no brightness in it? And I'm like, I don't know. I thought the, <laughs> do you think the day of the Lord would be better than that? Yeah, so I no, don't but know. It's, it's the end of the world, you <laughs> okay. know? So it's like the sinners are going to get punished. The righteous are going to be rewarded. Mm. Like everything that we've gone over a million times. Although I feel like it is like, yeah, the, the idea is less developed here mm-hmm. because it's earlier, I guess, where like there's a lot less emphasis on, oh, we're going to have this eternal kingdom where the righteous are rewarded and it's mostly just about like the sinners being punished and it's like, it's going to be a day of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that is, I guess, still what it's trying to say. Day of the Lord, etc. Yeah. This is a dark, dark day, Amos says, for God. I hate, I despise your festivals and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. That's pretty good. It is good. I also wrote down the line, It will be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear. Damn, fuck you. You're going to die. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think that's a pretty good line. It's a mean beast. Um, Nasty beast. Yeah, it sucks for the Israelites. Also, in this chapter, suck for the Israelites, okay? Like life. Um, Also, in this chapter, Amos writes You shall take up Sakut, your king, and Kaiwan, your star god, your images. What are those mean? Here those, we go. Are those foreign gods? These are foreign gods. I these, mean, I gathered from Star God. Yeah, these are these are go- foreign gods that have not been mentioned before. Yeah, I was gonna. I don't even remember those. I must have s- sort of skipped over them. So they're both images of 
probably of a Babylonian god. Okay. But they're like the same, like avatars of the same god? Avatars of the same god, Babylonian god, representative of the planet Saturn. Planet Saturn. That's right. And in some places, this is also translated as the Sukkot of Moloch. Like you'll be in the tent, you'll be worshiping in the hut hut of of Moloch. Oh, Moloch. And it's supposed to be like, I guess, kind of a play on words, like Sukkot. Sukkot. Sukkot, yeah. I when you first said it, actually, I thought that you were like mispronouncing the word Sukkot. Anyway, I it was weird. It popped out to me because I have heard of Kaiwan. You've heard of Kaiwan? Yeah, because he's Is in it a Kung Fu Super God. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> no, but I can confirm that he's in Shin Megami Tensei. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, so explain. Actually, probably like most of our listeners like know what that is. Yeah, because they're reasonable people. <laughs> for for my friends who listen to this, <laughs> what is Shin Megami Tensei? Shin Megami Tensei is a long-running Japanese video game series, role-playing video game, um, usually centered around the apocalypse or the end of the world where the forces of good and evil are basically down on Earth doing battle for some reason. Is Armageddon or whatever. Yeah. But it's a strangely like secular. It's like not a religious look at it at all. It's like not a religious video game. It's it, just. But it uses a bunch of religious. It uses figures. all kinds of religious figures and symbols and and gods from every different pantheon as basically like Pokemon. Okay. <laughs> um, But it predates. It, the first one predates Pokemon by quite a bit, but they serve well, as, also, like, as your like characters. Everything is. Is pretty different from Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, because you're like an emo teen, right? Uh, in some of them, in some of you them, you like have to go to school, and then you also have to like fight demons. No, you're thinking of Persona. Oh, I'm thinking of Persona. I thought that was I. I thought that it's was the same part same, of Shin same publisher and developer. Okay. Um. So a lot of the mechanics are the same. Okay. Um, I'm a little in over my head here. It's okay. But anyway, so that's how you know about all the angels. That's how I know about all the angels. You didn't know that Lent was 40 days. That's right. I know about all the different ranks of angels because I had to fucking collect them and level them up in Shin Megami. I didn't have to. Nobody forced me to. I did it for fun. (laughs) Spoiler alert. This is a fucking, what's the word? Exclusive. It's exclusive, you mean. This is exclusive. Exclusive confession from Nico. He played video games for fun. That's right. Anyway, SMT, Shin Megami Tensei. Check it out. One of my top games of 1989. Um, we'll talk more about it later. It'll come up again, I'm sure. Uh, chapter six, I just really like this line. Uh, you strum away on your harps like David and mm-hmm. improvise on musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowlful and use the finest lotions, but you do not grieve over the ruin of Joseph. Yeah, so the, the important thing here is that even... I guess even though the kingdom in the north is like living it up, they're like succeeding financially. And they're apparently, according to the notes in my Bible, their borders at this time were as large as they had ever been. Okay. So they were doing well. They had money. They had power. Uh, but they had even bowlfuls of wine. Yeah. Well, Got to get that they had sweet new harps. wine. <laughs> yes, harps for everyone. That's, you know. A harp in every harp garage. Yeah, like the the way that you can really like gauge a nation's wealth is like looking at the harp index. The harp index? The yeah. harps per capita? Yeah, harps per capita. Mm-hmm. And this place is crawling with harps. Yeah. You want to be at like a 0.7 plus HPC. <laughs> That's on a scale from zero to one. <laughs> well, you could have as many. I mean, you could, like, sure. In an ideal world, we'd be living in a three HPC <laughs> Uh, society uh-huh. but you know that's just not the but reality yeah, let's be let's be realistic yeah, yeah. hovering around 0. 0.7 0. 0.8 yeah in the best of times anyway we could talk about harp indexes all day indices i'm sorry but the Get important thing is that the revelry of the loungers shall pass away <laughs> harsh yeah harsh a lot of talk about loungers couches makes me want to go to sleep also, like, I hate the Bible. Why is it? Why is it being so insulting to King David? It's like, oh, you That's guys true. are on your harps, like King fucking David <laughs> over here. It's like I thought he was like. Well, that was one of the things he did. I thought he was like supposed to be really cool for that. I thought that was like. Well, 
purpose not spe- appeal. Not specifically for that. I mean, like, didn't he like go crazy playing music and dancing around when he was hiding from King Saul when he was pretending to be crazy? No, Saul went crazy and he calmed him down with music. Calmed down with that's music. true. But the first thing I said was also true. Oh my god! It's unclear whether he was improvising when he calmed Saul down uh. or whether he was playing from the list of approved pieces. Oh. <laughs> That they distribute in every um, harp-rich nation <laughs> to the owners of harps. Yeah. That's right. Well, but he's supposed to have, like, composed all the psalms. Yeah. You know, like, the harp is supposed to be, like, a good thing. I guess maybe not to Amos. Well, no, I mean, maybe it's it is. At a, maybe it's, it's, a sign of, it's a sign of outward success that doesn't necessarily correspond with inner uh, richness of spirit. Okay. And that's that's the comparison he's trying to draw. Like, even though you're rich— and you have plenty of new wine, and you have time and inspiration aplenty to improvise on your Lotions. Harp. Don't forget the lotions. You're fucking lotioned <laughs> so well. You're exfoliated and moisturized. You're gleaming. You're, you're just, your clothes might just slip off your body. That's how well <laughs> lotioned you are. Accidentally just might just, <laughs> a stiff breeze might blow them all away. Oh, that's where all the sin's coming from then. <laughs> I think we've been pointed the problem. <laughs> Anyway, we've pinpointed the problem, which means it's time to take a quick break, and you're going to hear a little bit of music, and then we'll be back with more Amos, plus we got letters, cat curses, all that good shit. <laughs> we'll be right back. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. I'm Nico. And I'm Lauren. And we're talking about the book of Amos. Hells yeah. Amos. <laughs> wow. Famous Amos. Nice energy. What? I like this. What if it was about famous Amos the cookie man? Famous Amos the cookie man? Yeah. What, what did if he it do? Was like, oh, like you're playing your harps and you're drinking your bowlfuls of wine and you're eating your cookies that you got out of a vending machine. <laughs> what? Yet you cannot praise the Lord. The Gospels of a famous Amos, yeah, the, the Cookie Man, yeah. Or what if who, it was? Who is he? Who is he? You never had famous Amos cookies, maybe, but I didn't know there was like a famous Amos the Cookie Man. Well, yeah, that's just the name of the cookies. They're named famous. Famous Amos, Amos the Cookie Man. No, yes, yes, that's their name. That's one hundred percent their name. You go to famousamosthecookieman.com. You'll see everything I'm talking about. It's these little like dried up, like a little tiny husk of a cookie. Um, that you like shove them into a little plastic bag, you put them in a vending machine and like someone could buy it for like a dollar, dollar fifty now maybe, cause, you know, this economy. And then like you get it, it drops out and it's just like a bunch of like sand, like sweet <laughs> sand with like little uh, chocolate chips in it. Famous Amos. The Cookie Man. The Cookie Man. Dot com. Yeah. That's who wrote this book. What's his mythology? Like where does he come from? I don't know. Uh, Israel, I guess. <laughs> Well, actually, Tacoa. Right. <laughs> He's just a, a humble cookie man. You know, I thought I did this show to entertain, but really, it's about learning, <laughs> about personal growth, and this is what we're this is what we're all about here on Sunday School <laughs> Deep Outs. Deep Outs. That's right. I don't have time to pronounce the R or the O. <laughs> okay. Uh, so then, let's just move on to Chapter Seven. Uh, titled in my Bible, Locusts, Fire, and a Plumb Line. <laughs> it sounds like a great story. Doesn't it? But it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's terrible. Like, that sounds like it's going to go somewhere. It doesn't. Uh, but I do like that Amos uh, cries out, Sovereign Lord, forgive. 
How can Jacob survive? He is so small. <laughs> because the Lord asks him to imagine. He's Jacob. Oh, he's so tiny. Is someone help him? The Lord asks him to imagine a couple of crazy scenarios. They're not really that crazy, but it's just like basically like imagine I created Jacob, but he was very small. <laughs> Let's say he was the size of a cookie. <laughs> One of your famous cookies, Amos. <laughs> yes, I have heard of your cookies up here. Your reputation precedes you. Famous Amos, the cookie man dot com. <laughs> um, yeah, it gives him visions of, uh, you know, plagues of locusts and shit. Yeah. Um, he also gives him. Did you, did you understand the vision of a plumb line? Not really. It's like measuring something, right? Like. Yeah, he gives him a vision of like the land being divided by a plumb line, and then he says, "Like I don't like a hundred percent know what a plumb line is. I don't really know. I mean, like I assume that it's like a bunch of plums lined up. Mm, no, no, no. It's a plumb plumb oh, line. It's a plumb plumb line. So it's just a lead pipe. Mm, I'm not sure. It's closer to that okay. though, than the than the first thing. Okay. <laughs> so let's just go with that." So he gives him a vision of the lamb being all piped up from oh, here, my. from here to Jehoshaphat. <laughs> okay, that's not a place. It's a person I know. I'm I'm not objecting. Uh, and then it's like split up, and he's like, "That's how much I'm going to destroy, and that's how much I'm going to save." And then after he gives him these visions, then Amos is like, "Sovereign Lord, I beg you, stop! How can Jacob survive? He's so small." Jacob meaning Israel, by the way. Yes. Uh, if you're not a long-time listener and if you're not familiar with the Bible, Israel is another name for Jacob. Um, yeah, then like uh, this other priest, Amaziah, mm-hmm. um, a priest in the in the city of Bethel, which means house of God, uh, tells Amos to leave because they're sick of his bummer prophecies. Yeah, they're like, hey, I'm buzz. the only authorized like guild professor professor <laughs> oh professor mm-hmm. nice it's like a mix between what if, what if it's professor then mm. it's like professor Prophecier. and an officer and also oh. a prophet i'm sorry professor i don't know how it got there <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> Amazon... this is going off the rails <laughs> no it's not we're still firmly on the rails okay hurtling along at okay hundreds of miles an hour all right dangerously fast i hope Nobody puts a damsel in distress on these lines of the railroad because <laughs> you mean the gonna... plumb line? Is it a plumb line? Is the railroad a oh, plumb line? Oh, maybe. Maybe this was foretelling mm-hmm. the dominance of the steam engine. Ancient astronauts' possibility. Yeah, yeah. He sees that he sees a vision of the Earth, but crisscrossed with strange tracks. Oh, the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Famous name is the cookie man. Famous name is the cookie it all man. comes com. together. Yeah. Full circle. I'll own that in just a couple minutes, so don't worry about it. Okay. We can do whatever we want with it. Okay. Um, yeah, he's like, I'm the only I'm the only licensed prophet around here. And then Amos is like, I'm not a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just a simple farmer. Mm, I'm not a player, I just crush a lot. I t- I tend my sheep. I uh, grow my figs, but even I can see Mm -hmm. how wicked things are getting up here. And uh, also your wife will become a prostitute. That's right. He says, that's that's his comeback is like, he says, you say, do not prophesy against Israel and do not preach against the house of Isaac. Therefore, thus says the Lord, your wife shall become a prostitute in the city and your sons and daughters shall fall by the sword and your land shall be parceled out by line. Plumb line, possibly. Um, like, you yourself shall die in an unclean land, and oh. Israel shall surely go into exile away from its land. That's true. Pretty harsh comeback when somebody's just like, hey, would you mind like doing this somewhere else? And he's like, oh, you want a prophecy? Here's a prophecy. <laughs> he's not a battle prophet, though. He wasn't trained that way. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a rapper. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I actually, how does that resolve? I like didn't take notes on it, and I don't remember. This is like... Normally, like, we drink while we're recording the episode, but this is the first time that I actually, like, was drunk while reading the (laughs) book because it was, like, the only way to get through it. Oh, yeah. Give us us some of that Foley work. Turn those pages. 
don't rip them. Oh, it uh, it doesn't resolve. Oh, wow. Why am I not surprised? Nothing happens. Why am I not surprised? It just moves on to the next thing. All right. Then let's mm-hmm. move on. Chapter eight. God gives Amos a vision of a basket of ripe fruit. I love this vision. Because, because... the time is ripe to punish Israel. <laughs> <laughs> Give this lady the $10,000. No, this is like the actual pun that it's making. Like It's not even my pun. It's like the stupid Bible's pun. I know. I love the way that this is phrased. This is what the Lord God showed me, a basket of summer fruit. He said, Amos, what do you see? Famous Amos, the cookie man.com, what do you see? And I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said to me, etc. <laughs> but I just like that every time he shows him a vision, the Lord's like, hey, what do you see in this vision of this thing? Mm-hmm. And Amos says, I see that thing. He's like, oh, it's very small. <laughs> <laughs> um... Also, I think this may be a precursor to Nasty Fig Boys, right? Mm. Of course, ripe fruit only turns into overripe fruit, which, as we know, is super nasty. <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. The kind you won't take home to mama. <laughs> it's putrid figs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, uh, last chapter, chapter nine, God's going to destroy Israel. Uh, then he's going to restore it. Uh, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. The notes in my Bible tell me that Amos spends maybe the least time of any of these prophets on the redemption part. Yeah. I mean, it is just like, it's like the second half of chapter nine. Yeah. So yeah, it's, so it's like, like the, just the very end is the redemption. Amos is, Amos has very little character. And we'll talk more about that when we uh, rate the book okay. in, in just a couple of minutes. But what character he does have is partly defined by the fact that very little of the book is is spent on redemption. That's a good point. Um, also, I'm just thinking that like, this is taking place so long ago, mm-hmm. right? Like this is before even the Assyrian exile and mm-hmm. the Assyrian exile is like a hundred years before the Babylonian exile. So maybe he's just like, he's, you know, there's no need for him to really prophecy about redemption. Cause it's like really far off. It's like at that's least I mean, 200 years away. That's true. Based on what he's saying, they're in full swing. They got wine for days. They got tasty fruit, summer fruit. Not all year round, just summer and fall, because that's how fruit works. Obviously. They're doing great. The harp harp index is fucking off the charts. Off the charts. They've got, well, they didn't have cookies, but now he's here, so. Mm -hmm. So he has to be the one naysayer and be like, yo, this is all coming to an end. And it's not like about the Assyrians being at the border. Right. However, this has been edited together, you know, with all this stuff. This is about more like it's just eventually general, like you got to guard your spiritual health with the same way that you, you know, keep your wine intake up. Like, yeah, taking care of your physical health, get enough wine, yeah, get enough wine, and then make sure that you'll take care of your spiritual health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, staying away from Kaiwan. Yeah, and other star gods and other star gods. Yeah. <laughs> so. To rate this book? We should rate this book. <laughs> How did you know? I've been around the block a couple times. I've seen my seen my share of harps and cookies. <laughs> I know what the deal is around here. How would you rate this book, my dear? I'm gonna give it like three out of eight small Jacobs. Oh no, they're so small. <laughs> they're so small. <laughs> um because I hate the Bible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hate the prophets. I really hate the minor prophets. Mm-hmm. Why is it out of order? I don't care about anything, but did have a few good lines like escaping a lion only to meet a bear. That's good. That's good. What are what are you going to rate this book? I'm going to give it two out of nine star gods. Oh. For lots of the same reasons, except um, I'm going to make them sound better and like I don't just hate everything. Oh, okay. That's um, fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, some of the poetry is nice. Yeah. Like some of the some of the stuff we pointed out, but it doesn't really have its own voice like that stands out among some of the other uh prophecy. Well, it's got those rhetorical questions. It's got rhetorical That's true. It's got rhetorical questions. It's got the if if 3 then 4 or whatever. Well, yeah, kind but of that's common like throughout the Bible. Okay. Yeah. Um but really 
the whole thing didn't do anything for me. Yeah. It's totally... I mean, it makes sense that this is the oldest because everything in it has been duplicated and reduplicated many times mm. in And like improved upon. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like some of the more extreme language that we heard was probably like looking at this stuff and being like, well, yeah, you know, he's going to break your skull with a sword, but is he going to like, et cetera? Uh, <laughs> is he going to like, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not a poet. It's not, not what I'm rapper. paid to do. I'm technically not a rapper either. I'm just a simple country farmer. That's right. I'm I a... tend my sheep. I tend my figs. Mm-hmm. And I come up here to give you all prophecies about uh, the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And fill the vending machines with my sweet, sweet sand sacks. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it didn't make much of an impact on me at all. And it, it's a... Uh, it's apocalyptic. You sound so disappointed. Well, I'm looking, you know, I'm trying to make this Bible work for me. Yeah. Okay. It's not yeah. about me. Where I can't be working for the Bible. No. I mean, that's how you're supposed to do it, but whatever. No, I'm not in a place in my life where I'm working. It's like, I got to make the Bible work for me. Right. Yeah. No, I understand. Okay. As long as you understand. I'm, I'm on the same page. Of the Bible? Uh, Yeah, I'm on page. You're not on the same page. 1380. What are you oh, on? Oh my God. That's the same page I'm on. Is it really? No. Oh. <laughs> anyway, that's my rating for the Bible. Okay, cool. So now that that's out of the way. The Bible, that is. Now that the Bible is out of the way, we're going to read some listener mail. Yeah, we got a bunch of letters. We want to thank you all so much for writing in. Uh, you can always write in to us with questions or comments to contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. Our listener, Patrick, wrote in. Uh, we answered one of his well, we didn't answer it necessarily. We read it on air and spoke about it a couple <laughs> couple uh, episodes ago. We performed an exegesis of his letter, yes. <laughs> sure. He wrote in with some kind words, but he also said, y'all don't know <laughs> jack shit about Catholics and Catholicism. Don't take it as an insult because it doesn't harm the show one bit, but as an ex-Catholic who narrowly avoided a life in the cloth, it's sometimes weird to just gloss over the books of the Bible I know as Apocrypha. Um, I hope that at no point did we pretend to know anything about Catholics or Catholicism? That's true. It's, yep. Um, I was raised like, okay, so I was raised Protestant, Presbyterian. Uh, my mom was raised Catholic and very much didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the way I was raised was like, my mom was like, yeah, well, being Catholic sucks. Like we're not doing that. And then from like my dad's side, like just the general Protestant attitude is like, you know, Catholics like, it's fine. Like they're Christians. It's cool. Like they're going to heaven, but like, it's a little gauche mm-hmm. to worship all these saints. You know, it's like really, it's polytheism. And so it was just kind of like, eh, you know, it's like, it's you, weren't, fine. you weren't encouraged to more learn more about it. No, anything. it was just kind of like, it was like, uh, kind of seen as vaguely distasteful, you know, like just like slightly embarrassing. Like if you're going to be a Christian, why would you be a Catholic? You know, you got to like, go to confession, the priests are perverts, like, you're praying to Mary, that's a woman, like, you know. Sure. Well, I'm not 100% sure how well we're addressing his concern. That we um, my point is, yeah, we don't know anything about Catholics. Don't know Don't know much about Catholics, um, and we don't mean that as any kind of, any kind of insult. Um, how would all, that be an insult? I don't know. I mean, isn't... Uh, isn't ignorance the <laughs> the ultimate insult? The insult that you give to yourself. <laughs> I <laughs> I believe that now, and I'm going to go forward with that in the future. But um, we certainly don't mean to diminish uh, anybody out there, especially your 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 personal beliefs or your personal upbringing. This is strictly about our journey through yeah. Bible. It's really it's like this podcast is definitely like supposed to be from. Our point of view, and our point of view doesn't know anything about Catholics. Mm-hmm. Apologies for that. Um, also, it's called Apocrypha because I bought a Bible off of Amazon, and it said <laughs> it had the Apocrypha in it. Well, also, like, I mean, the, like in the tradition I was raised in and in Judaism, those books are considered apocryphal. And in Catholicism, they're considered deuterocanonical, meaning they're like second tier. <laughs> I mean, literally, dude, like, dude. Yeah, I know, I know. No, they're second tier, second tier books. It's like second tier books. Yeah. But we appreciate the letter a million percent. Yes. And I'm so glad that you escaped uh, life in the cloth. Uh, then we have a letter from Kayla um, who says, I've been catching up on your podcast. I'm enjoying it so much. 
I also am a Christian, specifically evangelical turned atheist. I attended a private Christian school for years, and because our history class was really just a biblical history, I was very confused about so many things once I started in public school. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Um, and she says, it's nice to hear people make light of this belief that was kind of forced upon us at birth. Um, I often make jokes to my friends who grew up without religion, and they never seem to really understand the references or the experience. I'm thankful to realize there are a lot of us out there in the world. Um, and uh, let's see, also, among other things, she <laughs> loved when uh, when we mentioned the Pharaoh Pharaoh version of Louie Louie in the Exodus episode <laughs> and says, uh, honestly, that's all I can hear when I think of that song. It just same for me it's just good i'm glad that i'm glad that you two have Farrow, made a Farrow. connection about that Ooh, baby let my people go <laughs> um so thank you so much for that letter kayla thanks it's, kayla i really i really love hearing from other people who have escaped faith and um <laughs> but no judgment or anything no i mean like you know it's about it's about your personal journey, and that's yeah. that was required for you. And and people have this forced upon them, mm-hmm. like Kayla says, and like taught instead of real history. And it's just great to hear from people who like have also been able to move past that. Our listener Shy wrote in, said, um, "You have been wondering in the episode about mosquitoes in the area that the story takes place." So I'm a born and raised Israeli, lived here for twenty years now, and I can sadly say mosquitoes are super common here. Smiley face. No way. <laughs> it's wait. actually a frowny face. Oh, no. The whole tone of the letter changes. <laughs> they are even in the desert area of the country where water is rare. I also encountered them on trips to Egypt and Jordan. You know what? I appreciate you checking in with us, Shy, and giving us the fucking word on the ground. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. I have a network of people around the globe. A mosquito net work. work. Because that's when it came up. We were talking about uh, gotta make the net General Holofernes. And his mosquito net, quote unquote. That's right. Now, we also have uh, a couple listeners who wrote in to us and asked us to curse their cats. A reminder that we will curse your cats. With biblical curses. With biblical curses. Because we know cats are in need of curses. Yeah. This is a this is a topic that America is just not talking about. It's okay? true. And I hate to get up on my soapbox <laughs> and use this platform to talk about things that I care about. Listeners, he's gesturing very earnestly. But cats in this country need curses. It's true. Everyone knows it. So people on the right know it. People on the left know it. People in the middle know it. People in the north know it. People in the south know That's it. That's right. Green people know it. Blue people know it. Every kind of people knows it. <laughs> Everybody knows that cats need to be cursed more. That's right. So we got a letter from Zach, uh, and he says, he says, this cat has become an abomination and Dolly lay eyes upon him. Will you please curse this cat? His name is Zeke. Love the podcast. Never miss an episode. Uh, and he sent us a picture of a very haggard looking black cat i hope that cat's like 25 years old it looks like it's 25 years old but i hope that it's like two <laughs> and it's just ornery and it's just like old beyond its years zeke your land will be measured and divided up and you yourself will die in a pagan country our listener caleb also wrote in says that they have been a fan of the podcast since our guest appearance on i don't even own a television another excellent show which you should check out we were on the da vinci code episode Anyways, this is Scoopy and Pingu. Scoopy is the more brown Bengal, and Pingu is an Australian mist. What the fuck is an Australian mist? I don't know, mist? I've never heard Sounds of it. Sounds like a soda I've never drank before, <laughs> which... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they are both in dire need of curses. We looked at the photos. It's obvious that these cats were in dire need of curses. They're really cute and beautiful, but also they're just like... They're like licking their balls and stuff. Yeah, they're assholes. Yeah. So... I just have to say that, Scoopy, I will press you down in your place just as a cart presses down when it is full of sheaves. And Pingu, I will send a famine through the land. A famine of hearing the words of the Lord. (laughs) Also, I just have a blanket curse for all three cats. I will make all of you wear sackcloth and shave your heads. And that'll look weird. Have you ever seen a cat with only a shaved head? No. 
Me neither, but I bet it's fucked up. I bet it's fucked up. If you want us to curse your cat, all you have to do is write into us at contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol or post on our Facebook or Twitter. Of course, we cannot curse any cat for which we don't have a photo. It just yeah. doesn't work. This is The magic just dissipates into the air. Basic cat curse shit, yeah. people, <laughs> as always. Uh, that's the end of the show. We just want to say um, thank you to everybody that's been listening. Um, we appreciate such tremendous support. The thing that you can do more than anything else to probably help other people find the show is review us on iTunes. Uh, of course, unless you have cool friends and you want to tell them to listen to the podcast, you can do that too. That's cool too. Um, you could be like such wonderful people as Valette 3606 who love, love, loves this podcast. They say, you'll learn, you'll laugh, and you'll be suitably horrified by biblical patriarchy. <laughs> uh, you could also be like Josh Horn who called us eternally rewarding <laughs> and said that the show makes him want to drop out of Sunday school over and over again. Oh, that's such a beautiful sentiment and so well expressed. Just like the kind of brilliant listeners that we have, you know? And uh, then I have one last review, but I copied and pasted it wrong. And so I can't see what the whole username is, but it starts with the word Marvel. So uh, someone with a username starting with the word Marvel also says they've been binge listening to the podcast. Um, they're an ex-Christian and the podcast is so relatable to me. It's so refreshing to hear other people joke about this absurd book that dictated so much of my childhood. I really relate to that. And uh, I give you a, a virtual high five. Virtual high fives all around. So those are our uh, reviews on iTunes. If we get 100 of them, Nico has promised, and I will hold him to this, to join Twitter. And we're at 28 right now so we're over a quarter of the way there to forcing nico against his will to get on twitter <laughs> that's right and i'll conquer it as i conquer every obstacle in my life by peeing on it <laughs> no the application of hard work critical thinking and a little bit of peeing on it. <laughs> okay. you can follow us on twitter at sunschool drop that's also uh, the url for our facebook you can email us, as I've said before, at contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. We want to thank uh, Elise Carlton for our logo and Nico for all our editing, sound engineering, and original music. You're welcome. You can follow Lauren on Twitter at Lauren E. O'Neill. And is there, is there anything else? Well, we just want to say to all those nasty fig boys out there in Radio Land, you keep doing you. Keep rocking. <laughs> This has been Sunday School Dropouts. We will see you next week. We are currently, as you hear this, on a trip. So just keep an eye on the Twitter or the Facebook. There may be interruptions to your regularly scheduled programming, but there probably won't be. Eh, don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. Don't stress. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. See you on Sunday. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.